Eric and I know that it's a rough time for everyone. Some of you are exploring dating in new ways, and some of us are just trying to connect virtually. So is the case with our podcast. While we typically record our podcast in person, this is our first attempt at doing it remotely. And as you'll hear, there are several audio challenges that we are attempting to work through. And in the upcoming weeks, we believe we'll return to the great sounding audio you're familiar with. But for now, sit back in your comfy chair and listen to how dating has changed when you meet someone online. So, we met online. This is a podcast about love, sex, and everything in between the world of online dating. I'm Erica. And I'm Chris. Welcome to So We Met Online. If you're looking for more information, find us online at SoWeMetOnline.com and all social media at SoWeMetOnline. So we met online. It was Coffee Meets Bagel. So I don't mm-hmm. know if he's the coffee and I'm the bagel or how that works. But coffee It depends who eats gluten. Yeah. We chatted for a couple of days and then he asked if I would be up for a Zoom call. And this we had chatted a little bit about how weird social distancing is. So I kind of knew that he wasn't going to try to meet up. Would you have? No, but I have been surprised how many people are still trying to meet up, which says a lot. Like in a park, six feet apart? (laughs) As soon as I asked, I kind of dropped the conversation. I'm not interested in meeting up right now. Right. He suggested a Zoom chat. I figured, why not? How else are you going to escalate an interaction with somebody in this social distancing environment. Exactly. I'm sure most people listening know what Zoom is, but just just in case, because it's definitely gained a lot of popularity in the last two weeks. It's just a video chat service. Yes. That's pretty much it. Actually, as I recall, he did ask if I would like a phone call or a Zoom or whatever platform I'd be most comfortable with, because there are a lot of different options. Some of them have different privacy settings and things like that. So I thought it was nice that he asked me. Funny enough, I actually had another Zoom happy hour planned, so our our timing... Our timing was limited, busy times, but we had half an hour, which is more than enough for a first interaction, I felt. It was awkward (laughs) somehow both more intimate and more distant than a regular date so first of all what did you wear like did you get dressed as if you were on a first i don't you don't need to tell us specifically what you were but did you get dressed like you were on a first date i didn't get dressed up as i would for a first date but i put on a little bit of makeup to make sure that i would look okay but i think i was still just in a sweatshirt or comfortable clothes of sorts to be honest, it seemed weird to try so hard for what is essentially <laughs> a phone call. I see both sides of that because on the other hand, it's still a first impression. So, you That's know, it's hard true. to know. So, And did, what kind of uh, background did you have? Like, had you planned what kind of, like, in what room you would sit, the angle of your computer or phone? I was in my main room with the background just projecting into the back of the room so you could see my my front room, which has some very big windows, so maybe the lighting wasn't perfect. I've used that background for conference calls and things work-wise, and I've been told that that's a little bit of a busy background. So that said, I do really like my apartment. I think it's decorated well, and I think it's a reflection of who I am. (laughs) So in that sense, I was okay with it being the background. If anything, then a little disappointed that on his end, he was just in front of a white wall, because I can't see anything. So did you have regular Uh, first date conversation? 
Erica knows me, so it, this isn't going to be surprising when I say that we talked about puppets. <laughs> that is not surprising to me at all. Chris, did you hear that? Puppets. I heard that, yes. If the puppets what? do puns, then I can totally see a, a match here. Oh, these puppets, definitely. There's some puns. There's slam poetry involved. It's a whole... So that's what we talked about this and which for me is typical first date conversation. I love it. So did you mention coronavirus? How did that come up? Was it a quick acknowledgement and then move on? Or was there a lengthy conversation about it? There was a little bit of conversation about, you know, where you're doing your grocery shopping or just how you're handling this space. He's a sole proprietor. He has his own business. Some of his clients are moving online, some aren't. So we talked a little bit about how we're adjusting to the, the dynamics of this new world that we're suddenly in. Right. So after the half an hour, how did the call end? We went into it knowing that I only had half an hour. So I had to so get did off you and- arrange another call at the end of that one? Or did you text after or nothing? We did arrange another call at the end of that one. A, he asked so if you I- liked each other. Yeah, he asked if I'd be available to pick up the conversation another time. And I said, absolutely. So that's great. So have you done that second Zoom call yet? Just two days later. It's funny with this, you know, timing is all different now. (laughs) It's not like you have anywhere else to be. (laughs) You have nowhere else to be when he asks, what am I doing? So it's not as though I could stall out or that I needed to wait for a weekend. In fact, because he has this client-facing business that he does, the best time of day for him is in the middle of the day. So he asked if I could do a one o'clock call. Frankly, I'm just working from home. So why not, I guess? Are we doing drinks on these calls? Like, are you setting the ambiance for a date? The one o'clock one, no. Uh, (laughs) This is a no judgment zone. (laughs) I appreciate that. I do appreciate that. I stuck to coffee. But the first call, I did have a drink. I couldn't tell if he was drinking. I don't think that he was. I think he was still in his office setting. There are some benefits, right, to being at home and uh, on a Zoom call. You can both get drunk and you don't have to worry about driving home. There is that. And you don't have to worry about who pays. You don't have to worry about who pays and (laughs) you're not in public. So who knows what could happen? Yeah, well, it's not like you're going to be making out over Zoom. No, yeah, that's true. (laughs) But again, no judgment zone here. (laughs) How did that one end? Actually, that one ended kind of abruptly because I was starting to get messages from my office. So I told him I was really sorry that I had to call it short, though we chatted for about 45 minutes. So you asked me before we started recording this, well, where do you go from here? Like, what do you do for a third date when you can't physically see someone? And I was actually thinking about that. And I have a client doing this tonight, actually, where it's also his third quote date with somebody where they are cooking the same recipe separately and then comparing how it turns out which I think is pretty darn adorable. There's any number of really fun and exciting things that you can do in a creative way, right? Even if you're remote. Like, I mean, exactly. in, in some senses, this is no different than long-term relationships where you may get on a video call and you may cook dinner together. You might eat dinner together. You might watch a movie together. You know, you might uh, go on a walk together. Believe it or not, a long time ago, I actually met somebody long distance and we both liked Disneyland. And at the time she was in Disney World and I was at 
Disneyland and we got on the phone together and we went on Pirates of the Penzance, not Pirates of the Penzance, that's that's the musical, Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> we, we went on Pirates of the Caribbean together and basically, you know, was like video chatting and calling while we were on the ride together. Chris, and, you are adorable. Yeah. And, and but again, it just shows you that there's a lot of kind of creative things that you can definitely do once you're a little bit more comfortable with somebody, especially in this time when we can't connect in a physical way, we can definitely connect more on a, an emotional level or a creative level. You said in some ways it's more intimate and in some ways it's not. And what did you mean by that? You really are just engaging with that person. You don't have the odd distractions to comment on, but it's more distant. You're not there together. It's difficult to read body language when you're face-to-face over a video conference. That's definitely true. And it's interesting for those of you who know I work in technology. And one of the things we do on a regular basis is have meetings online. And and I think a lot of people do that now, especially in, in business. A conversation came up recently where we discussed items like what you've talked about around being able to build a relationship or a connection with somebody when you're remote. And things like when you were talking a moment ago about your background and getting a sense of who you are as a person with your surroundings and you know your, your facial expressions or whatever brings a sense of more realism to that conversation. And if any of you have been on a business call recently where a crying baby is in the background or a dog is barking or, or just life, that's real. That's not fake. You know, you, you get a really good insight to a person's real self when you're in your own surroundings. But the concept of being on a business call and having a child crying, we get it. We're in that world right now where that has to be the reality. And that brings that realism to a level of connection like you're talking about. Then the flip side is you can't have that kind of physical chemistry and you start to lose some of that. But it it doesn't mean that you can't, you know, identify it or, or connect with it on some level. I have some artwork that is very significant to me. And he made a comment about it. That's a nice picture. I had a story behind it, but that's not a story that I've ever told somebody on a first or second date. Yeah, that's great. What would be three tips that you would give somebody about having a first date on Zoom? Go for it because why not? It's an interesting experience. You do learn stuff about what matters to you in conversation. I'm always somebody who's open to new experiences and it has been an interesting experience and I will probably do more of them. And thank you, Erica, for the cooking idea. I think that's absolutely adorable. And <laughs> You know, this is the time to experiment and to get creative with it. So let us know how it goes. Just for you, our listeners of So We Met Online, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I don't know about you, but I have a guilty pleasure, and that is playing Candy Crush on my phone. But I feel like I have to balance out the dying brain cells by educating myself while I'm playing. So I can listen to an audiobook from Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash So We Met Online for a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. So this is a weird time, as we all know. I see two conflicting impacts on the dating world. One, people are using online dating sites more because they're home 
with not a lot to do. And there, you know, many people are feeling isolated and lonely. Many of the sites have reported a surge in usage, like Bumble, for example, reported a 21% increase in sent messages in Mm -hmm. Seattle, 23% increase in New York and 26 in San Francisco, they looked at major cities from March 12th to 22nd, which is kind of when everything hits the fan. On the flip side, people can't go on actual in person dates. And so we're all sort of learning together how you reconcile those two opposite things. Yeah, and and to maintain those stats on the flip side, I heard on the radio today that Americans are saving on average $200 a month from not going on dates. So it is shifting. It's shifting from kind of an in-person to an online type of concept, but the money- I mean, that money save though is not just dating. I mean, right. not going out to dinner in general, not buying $15 cocktails. Right. I've sort of told clients, you know, the way I see it, there are two real options. One is to put your dating life on hold until you can physically meet people again, which I wouldn't frown upon. Some people are not comfortable on the phone. Right. And that's fine. Like if you want to wait until you can physically meet people again, I certainly wouldn't begrudge anyone for that. And that is an option a lot of my clients have taken, not necessarily because they don't like phone calls or video calls, but many of them have relocated themselves during this pandemic to maybe be with parents or be with their children or something like that. So they're not even physically in the location where they would be dating. And it's the last thing on their mind. Whereas other people want to continue using the dating apps. But I've told them, if you do that, you have to have an outcome. Now, normally that outcome is a date, but in this case, it has to culminate in a phone or a video call. What I don't want is just people to collect matches for their sense of ego or boredom or whatever, and just have pen pals this whole time, because that just seems like a waste of everybody's time. So I would still rather people go in with an end goal of a date in whatever format that date now has to take. Yeah, but look, I think this situation is only only going to accelerate the concept of collecting matches like like you were just referring to. The reality is, is that's already happening. Pandemic or not, people are collecting matches. People are collecting <laughs> phone true, numbers. That's true, but that's something I've always told people not right. to do. Right, exactly. But the other thing that you've always told people not to do is, <laughs> is don't have a phone, have a phone conversation before a date or, or text this. consistently before a date. Or, oh. you know, go on a dinner for her first date. Like I all know, of those things. I hate that it throws all of my good advice out the window. Every, I hate it. <laughs> every single one of your tips dead are gone now. Now, okay. I would say that there's an adjustment to these, right? Because correct. like as an example, a lot of people may actually call somebody before first date. Now, you can still do that. Nothing is changing there. The next yes. version of that may be a a video conference. You know, there's See, I would rather people jump in with the video conference because that is the the remote equivalent or decent proxy anyway for what it's like to meet someone in person because the phone call, I got to tell you, the same is true now as before. All of my clients who are doing phone calls find something wrong with the person on the phone. I mean, one guy said to me, oh, her voice was raspy. I don't wanna talk to her anymore. So what? I still believe that a phone call doesn't do 
anyone any good because it's so easy to find one thing you don't like and dismiss someone for it. I, I'm not going to disagree with that, but you also yes, know. Yes, you are. You just said but. <laughs> no, the, the but is you also know that there's a lot of people out there that are not going to be comfortable with a video conference for whatever reason. There's going to be a total number of people who are going to want to get dressed up, position the camera just right, you know, put on their full dating attire just for a video conference. There are people who are not going to be comfortable with having their apartment in the background because a lot of that is scary. A lot of that is being able to open yourself up in a way that is vulnerable. And maybe people are not ready to be that vulnerable as the first interaction. And so things like texting and phone calls keep that distance without bringing the visual element to it. I agree with you there. I believe it is very intimate to invite a stranger into your home, obviously. And while they're not physically present in your home, like Jessie said earlier, she got a compliment on a painting, a piece of artwork. And she told a story that she's never told on a first mm -hmm. date before, because why would your piece of artwork come up on a first date? So in that way, I do agree that it's more intimate. But you still have to watch out for the same pitfalls that I always worry about, which is if you're excessively texting someone before a date, someone is inclined to say something they shouldn't or say something that gets misconstrued. Sometimes I'll like make little tests on myself. I was swiping through Bumble and someone wanted to exchange numbers, which you know I don't do generally before setting up a date. Well, in this case, there is no date to set up. So I said, yeah, sure. And then I got, I don't know if it was a drunk text or something very inappropriate last night that talked about female body parts that <laughs> I'm not going to get into, though you may see it on Instagram at some point. I had to say, you made me feel uncomfortable. I would like to end this conversation. Had we just set up the video call, maybe that wouldn't have happened. Now, I know on the flip side, a lot of people will say, well, wouldn't you want to know that? Now you didn't waste your time on the call. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But you have to watch out for the same pitfalls now that you did before. There's nothing preventing somebody on a video call That's from true. being completely Crap. inappropriate as well, right? I would also add, you, you know, you touched on something interesting here, which is general safety, where when you do go off into a date, a public setting, you have a general sense of security about that. From a technical perspective, a technology view of this, when you give somebody your phone number, there is still a sense of, look, I'm, I'm exchanging my phone numbers, but I can easily block this person. When you're setting up a video conference, even like something like Zoom, there's a little bit more of a chance that you're exposing additional data about yourself. For instance, like your email address, like if you send out that invite over an email or something, or if your oh. Zoom account is connected to your email. And now instead of blocking somebody's phone number because you just don't want to talk to somebody, you've basically given them an insight. And depending upon how your accounts are set up and what your email address is, it may have your first and last name. It may have middle initials. There are some genuine privacy concerns that also come with this new kind of world order of communicating online. Do you think this is going to change the landscape after this? A lot of people have asked me that. Will video dates become the norm before you meet somebody? It's a hard question to answer because time will tell. Though, so my hypothesis is while I don't think 
video dates will become the norm. I don't think they'll be taboo either. I think if people live really far apart, or if one is traveling for work, or if they can't meet in a timely fashion, then a video call will be considered better than nothing rather than simply waiting. I agree with that. Again, from a technology perspective, I work with my customers around a term that's called digital transformation. And the quick definition of digital transformation is the rate by which technology changes and and consumers expect to interact with that technology and, and how businesses are able to keep up with that change in technology. So for instance, when we look at other ways technology is being used during the coronavirus, we're seeing things like schools are closed. And as a result of schools being closed, they're now forced to teach online. We also see that the way we order things like groceries, um, you know, are now more online with, with different types of pickup. That has always been there, but the expectations from, from our daily lives have shifted. So what I tell my customers at work is that the way we interact with people will change from this moment forward, no matter what. And what's interesting about this is Bumble already has it, right? Bumble already has the ability for you to call or video chat with somebody within the application. That goes back to the privacy thing. I don't have to share my phone number. I don't have to share my email address. I can just video chat with them directly in the app. It's safe. It's secure. You're going to start to see more of that highlighted in these apps. It's going to become a standard requirement now because I think it's not a matter of will we eventually get back to a point where we're dating in in person? Yeah, of course we are. But how we meet, interact initially, engage before that point is going to change and and technology is going to drive that. I completely agree. In fact, somebody was writing an article and asked for a few quotes from me recently. And I said exactly what you just did. Bumble already incorporates a video function into its app. And I believe it'll become the industry standard to allow people to connect via video without having to reveal their phone numbers. Now, I do want to go back for a sec and give some practical advice, though, for when you are having a video chat. First, I would recommend dressing for a first date. I know what Jesse said, everyone's in their athleisure now, but... Right now, I'm in a sports coat on top and boxers on the bottom. <laughs> that was more than I wanted to know, Chris. <laughs> Sorry. What's on the boxers? <laughs> Superman boxers, of oh, course. Oh, I was picturing the Tasmanian devil, but, <laughs> you know, they're both good. But I would recommend, at least from the waist up, dress for a first date because... There is something to be said for, I mean, even with all of us working from home, I am much more productive when I get up and change out of my pajamas and change into something else. There is something to be said for acting how you're dressed, dressing for the occasion and really living up to that. So I would recommend for women putting on some makeup, if that's something you normally do, doing your hair all of that, because you will make a better first impression. There, there is a mindset to that. And we talk about that again. I, I'll go back to business. Be, the, the beauty of this is that my business, you know, is all about this disruption that we're going through. There's a mindset when you get up and take a shower in the morning and get dressed as if you are going to work or if you are mm-hmm. going on mm-hmm. a date, 
That is the mindset. You're setting yourself into that frame of mind as if, you know what, I'm going on a date. I'm going to pretend like this is a date. I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to shower. I'm going to smell good, whether or not they can smell me or not. I'm going to look mm -hmm. good, right? That's all part of the mindset. And I believe that if you get yourself into the mindset that you're going on a date, then your outcome of that experience will be better, I think, in the long run. I mean, that's true for so many things, like you said, for business. I mean, even for the gym, I think we all used to wear our raggedy t-shirts to the gym, you know, in, in the 90s or whatever. But now, you know, everyone in their fancy Lululemon stuff, I do believe you work out better when you like how you look, when you feel good about it. So just remember, dating from home is not an excuse to make a sloppy first impression. On that note, clean up your house. People <laughs> notice everything especially when there's a mess and it's funny like I think about this a lot because I ordered a box of well I'm not speaking there in person anymore but I was going to be selling my books at a presentation I was giving next month so I ordered a box of like 30 of my books so I would have them to sell well they've been sitting in the middle of my living room for probably a month because I just don't have the space right now and I don't even notice this box anymore if someone comes to drop something off, I order food and, you know, they, they see the apartment or whatever, they'll be like, oh, what's that box of book? Because we don't notice our own stuff. We certainly don't notice our own filth. <laughs> so just make sure you do a double check because people notice everything, particularly the things you don't want them to notice. Everyone notices mildew. Everyone notices a toilet seat up which you should not be video chatting in your bathroom. That's not even a pointer I should ever have to give. Just clean up a bit. I have a couple of thoughts on that. One reminds me of a story. And as we were talking you know, earlier, it reminded me of, of a story where I met somebody online. And mm -hmm. so uh, you met online. Yeah, so we met online. And about you know three dates in, four dates in, uh, things were going well. And she specifically said to me, when are you going to invite me over to your place? It wasn't for any other reason. She, she just, you know, she wanted to get to know me better. At least this is what she said. No, she wanted and to see what kind of bachelor pad you had. That's exactly what it was. And so I, I brought her over and the very first thing she said was, oh, thank God. And I'm like, <laughs> I go, what? Wait, what, what am I missing here? And she said, you know, I wanted to see how you lived basically and that she had previously dated people who mm -hmm. went over to their house and they lived like pigs basically and I, i've seen that yeah. and it's there's nothing more disgusting i mean i went to a guy's place once for the first time and i told him i was not comfortable in his bathroom like he had roommates and someone must have just shaved or something and didn't clean up all the little hairs i was so disgusted yeah. there you go so there's, there's something about that. The, the other thing is I am on work video conferences every day, eight hours straight, basically. And so mm -hmm. I've gotten to a point where, one, I'm used to it. But two, I do understand the concept of you know staging. She mentioned the picture that's in her uh, wall. I have a setup, and it's amazing how many times I get on a video conference with somebody and the very first thing out of their mouth is, well, that's a very interesting computer setup or something that you have there, you know, and, and they start asking questions. It is an intro, right? It's a way to kind of break the ice. 
It's a way to, you know, start the conversation with something that they see. It carries on for a good five minutes. And it's now done purposely because it gives somebody something to start the conversation with. And it makes my background look interesting. It tells also something about me. On that note, I wouldn't be carrying your phone around if you're using your phone. I would place it somewhere so you're not bopping around making someone seasick. Where should you place it? Angles are actually really important. Just like in pictures, people look much better looking slightly up than slightly down. If you're looking down, one, people are looking up your nostrils and that's not sexy for anyone. Two, it adds the double chin often. But if you're looking just straight on or up, Chris, you are making so many faces at me. He's (laughs) practicing everything I just said. He's looking down, he's looking up, he's looking to the very nice, very nice profile. Also, the lighting should actually be coming from the front, not from the back. So a window behind you, for example, makes you look like a shadow. Turns you, you know, you're all shadowed over and people can't see you because you're just a big old shadow. So on that note, just practice all of this. Practice, practice, practice. Is Zoom better on your phone or laptop? Generally phone. For some reason, it's really pixely for me on my laptop, but it's great on my phone. Should you use a headset or not? Try all of this with family or friends so that way when you're ready for your dates, you don't have to be troubleshooting. I do agree with the concept of holding your phone and, and getting the seasick. I don't want to take a drama man to go on a first date. Yeah, uh, but I've also been in situations, even myself, where I have my phone and I'm on a video conference and I'm walking around the house, which it depends on who I'm talking to. So I, I at times I don't think it matters. But then all of a sudden I realized that I have wandered into the bathroom and I'm oh, like, did you see that funny video <laughs> that someone did that on Zoom? She was on like a 40 person conference call and she sits on the toilet. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes you forget, you know, especially if you're engaged in the conversation and it's interesting, then you, you may, you know, you're in your own house and you're not thinking through the entire perspective of, wait, I just ended up in my bathroom and I'm on a call with a stranger. Absolutely. So keep it in the same place. Now, as for what to talk about, remember, it's still a first date. I want to make a note because this is a complaint I've gotten from a lot of my clients where people are only talking about coronavirus. Obviously, that's a downer. Now, of course, you should touch on it because it is the most pervasive thing we have going on. But there are only so many jokes you can make about toilet paper and Lysol. Then I want you to move on to the actual date portion. Because talking about the pandemic the whole time will get a little bit depressing. And it won't set you apart or differentiate you from anyone else they've talked to about it. So just keep that in mind, because I have had clients complain to me, like all they want to talk about is this. And I get it. It's anxiety inducing for everyone. But dating should be a point of levity for people. It shouldn't be another stressor. You're doing dating right now if you decide to, because you're looking for an outlet from all of this. I never talk about it. I do from an intro perspective. Look, it's it's an easy, natural intro to a conversation. I try to make light of it, like saying, yeah, I'm I'm bunkered down, preparing for the zombie apocalypse. But then people <laughs> might judge you for making yeah. light of it. 
We've had conversations before about any number of topics that people are going to misconstrue, like religion or mm-hmm. politics mm-hmm. or things that you should or shouldn't talk about on the first date. And then somebody who's very political wants to talk about mm-hmm. politics on the first date. Somebody who's very religious might want to pray with you on your first date meal. And, you know, <laughs> we've had that story before. We heard um, that story. Yep. This is reality. This is our right. life. And yes, it is stressful and, and anxiety ridden and, and all of those things. So to your point, I would say that the goal here in most people's lives is a combination of trying to ignore it. I think to a certain extent, we can't ignore it, but to also try to stay positive about what's going on in the world and what's going on in our own lives. And you want to meet somebody that you can spend time talking with that is going to bring you a sense of pleasure on some level. Right. And if it, if it I, is I agree. a complete downer every single conversation, then it's no different than if you were to go off on a first date and somebody was sitting there talking about their ex the entire time. I completely agree. You just agree. don't want to hear it. And so... I have also found that... So many people on the dating apps, I hate to say this, are using this as a crutch for asking a first question, and I would not recommend it. I mean, the number of questions I or a client or a friend have gotten, how are you holding up? How is the quarantine going for you? Well, first of all, there's no good answer to that question. I've started saying to people, I don't know how to answer that question because I can't say great because it's not. What am I going to, and I don't want to be depressing. So, I don't know how to answer that anymore. So I actually recommend changing the course of the conversation, saying something like you said, to make it a little more positive, like, you know, it's a hard time for all of us, but I tried three new recipes last week. And then that way it acknowledges it. It doesn't minimize it, but it changes the topic. The how are you holding up question or any variation of that is very easy right now. That's an easy intro question. And on some levels, you can say it identifies the situation. And it also identifies that you're, you're genuinely trying to find out if somebody's well, or if they're okay. You know, I mean, you can read into it any number of ways. I don't think it's a genuine question at all. I think it's a lazy question. Yes, sure. It's a lazy question because it's an easy question. That's, I guess that's my point is it's, it's something that is somewhat relevant and somewhat just a throwaway. So I would rather somebody say, I hope you're doing okay in these crazy times. And then ask me a more substantive question. Even if that substantive question isn't that, sub- like, are you watching anything good on Netflix? At least that way, it has some content there. Yeah, but I mean, look, to your point, I think definitely you can come up with questions that allude to the fact that we're all going through this and that we are in theory stuck at home and not able to meet but we're still carrying on with our lives and we're still engaging in things that we like to do and so what are those things and let's see if we align with them it's nice to see you chris even if we're seeing each other from afar this time i hope everyone of course is safe and healthy You know, whether you decide to continue your dating life now or put it on hold or do video calls, you have to do what's right for you. And Chris and I are here if you have questions. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. You sound so good, Chris. 